This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. I'm Billy Hurley with NASA Tech Briefs, and this is another Who's Who at NASA podcast. This month, I'm speaking with Phil McAllister, NASA's Acting Director of Commercial Spaceflight Development. Phil, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Phil, as NASA's Acting Director of Commercial Spaceflight Development, what are your day-to-day responsibilities? Well, my primary responsibility is to advise the Mission Directorate Associate Administrator on issues pertaining to the design, development, and demonstration of NASA's commercial spaceflight development efforts. Uh, those efforts currently consist of the Commercial Crew Program, which is being managed out of the Kennedy Space Center, and the Commercial Cargo Project, which is managed out of JSC. Those two activities are in very different phases of their life cycle. Uh, the commercial cargo project has been ongoing for about five years now, and it's kind of at the tail end of its development activities. We hope to have flights to the International Space Station by both of our partners in that project, SpaceX and Orbital Sciences, by the end of this year or early next year. By contrast, the commercial crew program is just starting out. As such, it requires much more of my attention on a day-to-day basis, and right now I'm focused on the acquisition strategy associated with the commercial crew program. I also manage a small staff here at headquarters to assist in those efforts. What is the, uh, can you go through what the commercial crew development programs are and and how they operate? Yes. Um, Currently, right now, we have the commercial crew development round two set of awards. Uh, They were awarded in April of this year. And the goal of those awards is to stimulate efforts within the private sector to develop and demonstrate human spaceflight capabilities that could ultimately lead to the availability of commercial human spaceflight services. We have four industry partners in CCDEP2. They are Blue Origin, Boeing, Sierra Nevada, and SpaceX. And all four companies are focusing on long lead items to mature their design and development efforts with the overall objective of accelerating the availability of commercial crew services. Um, On the cargo side, we have two partners, uh, SpaceX and Orbital Sciences. And as I said, they've been uh, working with NASA for uh, over five years now, working on their system. SpaceX's system is the Falcon 9 and Dragon uh, capsule, and and Orbital Sciences is developing a Taurus 2 launch vehicle with a Cygnus spacecraft on top to deliver cargo to the ISS. And what kinds of resources are currently needed, would you say, for commercial spaceflight? Well, uh, that's a tough question. But in terms of cargo, uh, NASA made an initial investment of about $500 million in 2006. Uh, That amount was augmented by $300 million in 2011 in order to reduce NASA's risk. So for that relatively modest investment, NASA aims to gain access to two new launch vehicles, two new spacecraft capable of delivering cargo to the International Space Station, and the entire associated ground and launch infrastructure. I think this is very strong evidence that we can change the equation associated with space hardware development, given the right conditions. As far as commercial crew, I mentioned that we are just starting out, so we don't know precisely how much money will be required to successfully execute that program. We have several activities underway to help us develop credible cost estimates, and we're going to be really working on that and focusing on that in the months ahead. But for fiscal year 2012, NASA's requested $850 million for the commercial crew program, 
And if we get that level of resources or perhaps a little bit higher over the next four to five years, I think it's reasonable to assume that we will have at least one operational commercial crew transportation system by the middle of the decade. Mm -hmm. And who is uh, who else is NASA working with on this? What kinds of teams are you working with? Uh, and I know that you have various you know partners and and whatnot. Right, right. Uh, currently, our in industry partners include small, non-traditional companies like Blue Origin, all the way up to large established firms such as Boeing. And in between, we're also partnering with SpaceX, Orbital Sciences, and Sierra Nevada. However, we anticipate making awards for the full end-to-end -end commercial transportation system for the crew transportation sometime next year, and those awards will be open to any U.S. company. Yeah, can you go a bit into that awards process? I'm interested in, in NASA's role with its partners and kind of uh, how it's able to um, carry out some of these initiatives. Right. I like to think of NASA as an investor in these initiatives. We are investing both financial and technical resources in order to make our industry partners successful in developing safe, reliable, and cost-effective commercial crew and cargo systems. In the longer term, NASA plans to be a reliable customer for these services, buying transportation services for U.S. and U.S.-designated astronauts to the International Space Station. We really hope that these activities will stimulate the development of a new industry that will be available to all potential purchasers, not just the U.S. government. Right, that's interesting too. What are the what do you see as the opportunities for economic growth, and and how will uh, commercial spaceflight potentially kind of create new markets and spur growth? That's a great question. On the cargo side, uh, just three years ago, the United States market share for commercial launches was just around fifteen percent, which is historically not very large. However, just last year, SpaceX was awarded possibly the largest commercial launch vehicle contract in history, and I believe that that contract award was made possible in part because of NASA's investment in the commercial cargo project. Regarding crew, today, if you want to fly to low Earth orbit or the International Space Station, the Russian Soyuz system is the only vehicle from which you can procure a ride. The Soyuz is a very... It's an excellent vehicle, but you can only fly one, maybe two passengers per flight, and its annual flight rate is extremely limited. However, the demand for human transportation in low Earth orbit appears to be very robust. NASA just delivered a report to Congress entitled Commercial Market Assessment for Crew and Cargo Systems, which concluded that the potential demand could be many times the available supply via Soyuz. So we hope the commercial crew program will enable the U.S. to capture this potentially very large high-tech market. I'm, inter I'm interested, too, what do you consider a sort of next-generation uh, spacecraft or aircraft to look like? For the commercial crew program, we're not really trying to push the state-of-the-art. We're trying to develop safe, reliable, and cost-effective crew transportation systems. That's a mission that we did uh probably over 40 years ago, the, the most comparable mission is probably Gemini. And we've done that mission over 150 times in the last 40 years. So personally, I feel like we don't really need to be pushing the state of the art um, and breaking and having any big technological breakthroughs. We just need really good sound engineering. And so we want to do that mission as simple and as cost effective as possible. We've seen a variety of different designs from industry. Um, several of our partners have a very simple car, um, capsule design. 
while some of our other industry partners have wing vehicles. Um, so I anticipate it'll be something along those lines going forward. But again, I don't I don't foresee it to be a big breakthrough in terms of technology. We just need to really focus on the mission, making it as simple and as robust and reliable and cost-effective as possible. Can you take us through uh, maybe another example or two of the kinds of uh, commercial um, technologies and uh, through the partnerships that are enabling these uh, space flight uh, initiatives and projects? Yeah, I think um, in terms of CCDEV2, you can actually go online and you can see the Space Act agreements that we have with our four partners. And those Space Act agreements describe the specific co- uh, scope and content that the partners will be performing over the next year. Um, you can access those agreements at http colon backslash backslash procurement.ksc.nasa.gov. And all of our partners are really focusing on the long lead items that are required to mature their design and development efforts. Um, so with SpaceX, they're focusing on their launch abort system. Uh, Blue Origin is focusing on their overall crew module. Uh, Sierra Nevada is looking to um, sort of mature their overall system to about a preliminary design review level of maturity, as is Boeing with their capsule and launch vehicle system. Why do you consider commercial spaceflight to be such an important initiative today? I would say there are many reasons for that. Uh, The commercial crew and cargo initiatives will provide assured access to the International Space Station, strengthening America's space industrial base and provide a catalyst for future business ventures to capitalize on affordable access to space. A vibrant commercial space industry will add well-paying, high-tech jobs to the U.S. economy. It will allow NASA to focus its efforts on beyond low-Earth orbit exploration enabling us to go further, faster in our exploration of the solar system. The Space Shuttle has been the backbone of our nation's human spaceflight efforts for more than 30 years, but soon that amazing program is going to come to an end, and with it, America's ability to transport people into space. That would leave only two entities in the world that can launch people into low-Earth orbit, the governments of Russia and China, and this reality represents a significant threat, in my opinion, to U.S. leadership in space something that has been unquestioned since the days of Apollo. While the Russian Soyuz is an excellent vehicle and the Russians are valued partners on the International Space Station program, depending solely on a single Russian system to provide human access to the ISS threatens the very survival of that national asset. So I believe the commercial crew and cargo initiatives are the quickest and most effective way to end the gap and provide assured access to the ISS. Are there any other kinds of uh, capabilities that you envision? Well, right now, those are the two areas that we're most focused on at NASA, commercial crew and cargo. Um, I do envision future initiatives uh, at some point down the road, but you need a fairly unique set of circumstances, in my opinion, to um, to to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? to take on these projects in a commercial uh, nature and under a commercial development initiative. First, you definitely need the prospects for other customers. If NASA were the only customer, uh, I would not be a proponent of doing these systems commercially. So you definitely need that. I don't believe you should be pushing the state of the art, um, needing a lot of breakthroughs 
to bring these systems to, to market. If you really are pushing the state of the art, I don't think that's a, a good way to go about doing a commercial uh, development effort. Um, you also need a fairly strong and robust industrial base. I think we have that in certain areas. And you need to be doing a mission, again, that is fairly straightforward and simple. So you put all those together, and I think right now the conditions exist for crew and cargo um, to lower Earth orbit being done under this commercial development initiative. I don't think there are others right now today that we can say have that same set of ingredients. But soon, uh, I think that there will be a couple other areas um, that would be right for that kind of development. What are your biggest challenges in, 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 oh. in getting these initiatives off the ground or any sort of day-to-day -day challenges? Yeah, there are significant challenges. We're really changing the paradigm for human spaceflight development, uh, and that is a significant challenge for NASA and the U.S. aerospace industry and the nation as, as a whole. I think there are some technical challenges. There's certainly some financial challenges and some cultural challenges to implementing this kind of a change in the human spaceflight area and the cargo area as well. So success is not guaranteed, uh, just like success can't be guaranteed for any of our more traditional uh, programs. But I do think given appropriate funding and progress on the part of our industry partners, I think we can see uh, hopefully by the end of this year, maybe early next year, cargo delivery to the International Space Station. And by the middle part of the decade, I'm hopeful that we can have at least one U.S. commercial crew transportation system. Mm -hmm. Can you take us through maybe some of the technical obstacles that you face? You mentioned that. Um, yeah, again, I don't, again, there's no real specific technology uh, that is needed for this, the commercial crew and cargo programs to be successful. We need just good sound engineering, focusing on our traditional processes that have been demonstrated many times before. So while all there is going to be technology development for sure, and all of our partners are um, developing new systems, uh, and we hope to see a lot of rewards from that and maybe some spillover into other spacecraft development efforts. Uh, but again, I don't want to overemphasize the, the technology part of this program. It's really... It's really system development that we're doing as part of car, cargo and crew. Mm -hmm. And then you also mentioned cultural. I mean, could you speak to that a bit about the sort of cultural uh, challenges that you might face? I think to date, every NASA human spaceflight initiative has been done uh, under a cost-plus arrangement where NASA owns the design, and we made every decision on, uh, on the design aspects. Uh, we signed off on every piece of paper, and the requirements that we placed on industry to meet were very detailed in the thousands. Uh, sometimes they numbered in the thousands. In this case, we really want private industry to own and operate these systems. They will own the intellectual property. They will own the design, and they will make decisions on how to meet NASA's requirements. What we want is still going to be NASA's purview, and we hope to get a very good set of requirements out on the street for industry to review uh, by the end of this year. So we're going to be still establishing what we want, but we're no longer going to be saying how we want it done. We really want innovation and new ideas to come from traditional and non-traditional aerospace companies. So that represents a big change for NASA. 
and one that I think we successfully accomplished in the cargo area, and we're trying to leverage that experience and apply it in the commercial crew area as well. I'm interested uh, in your career path, too. How did your career path lead to your job as acting director? Well, uh, most recently, I joined NASA about five years ago um, when then-administrator Mike Griffin hired me to advise him on commercial spaceflight initiatives. Uh, I believe that uh, Mike's vision was to enhance and grow that area, and he was the one that started the commercial cargo program. So while I've been here at NASA for almost six years now, I've always been involved in analyzing and studying commercial initiatives um, that NASA could undertake, and I've reviewed the commercial cargo program several times within that six years. So when the FY11 budget came out and commercial crew was in there, um, I transferred over to the Exploration Systems Mission Directorate, and I've been advising the Associate Administrator, Doug Cook, uh, ever since then for a little bit over a year now. Um, so I think it was a real easy transition for me. Um, and prior to coming to NASA, I think my career has been really almost uh, tailor-made for this kind of initiative. I started out on a launch vehicle development program called the Advanced Launch System, uh, working as an engineer. Uh, for the Department of Defense, so I really became uh, grounded in the technologies and systems required to do uh, spacecraft development. And then I worked on the International Space Station kind of in the middle part of my career um, for, for many years, understanding that program and its culture and its requirements, and that is very much a part of the commercial cargo and crew programs because that's the NASA customer is the International Space Station. So. Uh, and then in the latter part of my career, really focusing on the commercial space industry, I was a consultant to companies such as Intelsat, Loral Space Systems, Ariana Spas, really helping them define their markets, work their business plans, come up with financing. So you sort of put those three, uh, three experiences together, spacecraft development, international space station, and commercial space. And I kind of have a tailor-made background for this commercial crew and cargo initiative. What would you say is the most satisfying part of your current role? I think the most satisfying part to me is the fact that we are working on the next generation systems that's going to end the gap for human access to space. Uh, as I mentioned, when the space shuttle comes to wheel stop later this month, that's going to be a very uh, sobering and somber experience for all of us. But yet we can look to the future for commercial cargo and say, the next U.S. flagged vehicle is going to come from this program, given appropriate funding and technical progress, and that makes me real excited for the future. Uh, I am sad about the shuttle program coming to an end. It's been an amazing program, but at the same time, we do have to move on, and I think there are some real innovation and exciting uh, aspects to commercial crew that we are going to be experiencing very soon in the just in this next year, our CCDev partners have some very exciting milestones and tests and demonstrations that are on the books. And I think after that, over the next couple, three years, we're going to see a lot of activity because we're going to have multiple partners working different systems, trying to solve these problems in different and innovative ways. And that gets me real excited for the future. And at the same time, NASA is going to be working on our beyond low-Earth orbit exploration systems, the multi-purpose crew vehicle and the space launch system. Those are much more difficult initiatives. They have much more stringent requirements and more challenging environments that they have to operate on. So, again, for commercial crew, a simple mission that we hope to focus on 
real hard just on doing that. So I think it's the quickest way to end the gap. Uh, and it's going to get us back into human spaceflight uh, sooner and more cost-effective. And that gets me excited. Phil, we at NASA Tech Briefs want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Billy. Thanks for the question.